You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones and the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And Matt's not here. He's gone, everyone. He's taking the week off. So with some special guests, let's review Wonder Woman 1984. This world is not yet ready for all that you will do. Your time will come, Diana. And everything will be different. Citizens of the world. I'm here to change your life. Anything you want. Anything you dream of, you can have it. You look like you saw a ghost. Diana, look at you. It's like not one day has passed. I don't want to be like anyone. I want to be an apex predator. And I brought in the Jersey Ghouls. Marissa, Jackie, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, so good. How are you? Oh, fantastic. And man, I felt so great after watching this film because it was one of these films where you watch and everyone agrees how the outcome is. Right? <laughs> yeah, it really brings people together. It it does. Yeah, the extreme opinions on this movie pretty much represent the entire year of 2020. Yeah, that's if nothing else, I would agree with you. This film is a perfect representation of, of our current times. Yeah, it's insane how much passion is for this, whether you like it or you don't. Yeah, no, it's it's a real house divided. And I don't think they're... I don't think there's much of a gray area when it comes to it. It, you know, nobody's really been like, yeah, it was okay. Like it, it's, it's either it was, it was good or it was bad. And we all are falling kind of on the same side of that fence. But yeah, I don't, I certainly, uh, and I'll outright say that I don't think it deserves all of the, all of the horrible, horrible negativity of the internet. I also don't think people need to defend this movie like they made it. <laughs> yes. The negativity always is one where I'm like, stop rewarding these people for these clearly ridiculous opinions on this movie. Like, And then stop defending it like you made it. Just have an opinion, you know, talk with your friends or whatever, and then move on. <laughs> Jesus, chill. <laughs> Agreed. And I listen, I am, I'm, I'm, maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I'm the first one who enjoys a good burn. On, a, on something that I have no emotional, like, stake in the game. Like, so, like, I'm not, like, I'm mildly amused most of the time, and I'm the first one to put my opinion out there, but I also am the first to acknowledge my opinion means nothing on film. It's just all so subjective that I don't understand how anybody could possibly get this personal or this worked up. I always thought that, you know, when I finally lost friends and family on, on social media, it was going to be politics or religion or, nope, it was Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's what I always need to kind of take a step back sometimes when I see this kind of thing happening. That, like, do people realize that 
like this is this is made up stories. This is just a movie. What? It's not real. It's somebody made up a story and and it's it's okay because it's not real. And we don't have to take any social cues from the movie because it's a not real made up story. We don't have to vilify people for failing at their job. If the acting was bad, if the writing was bad, if the directing was bad, these people are not horrible villains for failing at their job. You know, it's eh, it's it's okay. Aren't they though? No. <laughs> They're not. I'm sorry, but if I were like, I'm going to teach my class today to the world. Like, I'm going to take my classroom and I'm going to broadcast it to the world for everyone to see. And I'm going to get real lots of money to do it. And then I think I am then opening up the door to people being like, well, you suck at that and maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Oh, you know no, what no, I mean? Like, I said vilify. Like, yeah, I have seen vilify. people wish. Okay, so it's cool if you failed your job as a teacher publicly. Mm -hmm. I can then be like, you know what? I really hope you die. I hope something horrible happens to your family. Yeah. You don't deserve to live. That's fair. If you put yourself out there publicly, I can tell you that it'd be pretty cool if somebody kicked you in the teeth and you got knocked off a bridge. I mean, to be fair, I just call that Wednesdays as a teacher to be to be threatened with being kicked in the teeth, Jackie. <laughs> I'm all for being able to point out <laughs> someone's failure. I'm I'm against somebody being vilified. Yeah, I see exactly where you're coming from. I kind of, you know, relate this to a sports event. And since hockey's starting, I know Jackie will like this. Uh, if you pay for a ticket, you know, you can make fun of the team all you want. But uh, at a certain point, let's not threaten people's lives because <laughs> it's a movie. It's a sport. Calm down a little bit. They are get paid a lot of money, so they should be able to take it. But at a certain point also, whoa, people, let's chill. Let's just... <laughs> Calm down on these death threats. And I know 99% of this is just idiots yeah. who just think they're like so cool for threatening someone's life because what's going to happen to them? Like it's like a cheap thrill, but social media has had made this so commonplace yeah. and people say such terrible things to each other. It's just over a movie. It's not like she made a movie that said slavery was a good thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't think they were going out of their way <laughs> to say some of the problematic, you know, to like make a point of the problematic things that, you know, is in this movie that you could say easily is like, eh, maybe should have done that. But the extreme, let's kill them, knock their teeth out, throw them off a bridge, which, by the way, throwing people off the bridge, it's not a guaranteed death. I guess if it's like the Brooklyn Bridge, that's guaranteed, but. How tall is the bridge? How deep's the water? <laughs> Can they swim? Yeah, that too. That's, uh... um, no, I'm with you guys. I, to be fair, I don't. I I don't know if maybe I'm just. I live in a really echo chambery bubble, but I don't. I don't ever see these types of things. I mean, I actively avoid, you know, Twitter and Reddit when it comes to this kind of stuff, just because I feel like that's where all the the worst of of the stuff is. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I I totally agree with you. I think making it personal, vilifying people, threatening death—that's all in just such horrible taste. But then again, I will not hesitate to sit here and talk so much garbage on this movie. And I will also take pleasure in funny things. Like, I laugh very hard at the, if I had one wish, I would take back this movie kind of memes. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm a jerk. But I I tend to think that if a film comes out that people are waiting for and people are excited for it, and it's a letdown in, in most eyes or some eyes, then it's fair game for some fodder, right? I mean, nobody's run in to defend any of the other crappy superhero movies out there, you know? Don't know. I don't want to speak for Jackie, but... I think uh, the vilify and what I'm trying to say with the rewarding the negativity is maybe I should be, you know, like clarify 
you can jab at the movie all you want, lighthearted jabs and everything and point out the flaws that you think, you know, and all that stuff. I'm just saying, like, can we not condemn people to death? <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I'll take it. I can live with that. Yeah, that was mine. And by the way, stay away from the Twitter verse, Twitter mob stuff. Uh, I only do it kind of like in Beetlejuice, you know, where they lift up the, the or they open the one door and they're like, "Ooh, that's where the really bad people are. I feel like that's what's happening when I look into Twitter for a while and I, I close it and I go, oh, I'll just get under my cover. Everything's OK. Same. No one's going to get me in my troll cave. I'm safe here. <laughs> it's just awful. I And people just like compete. Now, the getting into the more the lighter notes of this, the the jabs I've seen about this movie are pretty funny. Uh, so, you know, a couple of them, I chuckled. I'm like, uh, yeah, the, if I had a wish, it would be not to see this movie. You know, whatever those were. <laughs> yeah, uh, those there's some good giggle. ones. Uh, but uh, let's let's get into this. Patty Jenkins yeah. uh, comes right back with Wonder Woman 1984. And, you know, she's I, I didn't I did not know that she made the movie Monster in 2003. So, man, she really like started fast with uh, Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Charlize Theron. <laughs> uh, I totally made up that pronunciation. Theron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with it. <laughs> it sounds fancier. It does, and she's a fancy person. She is. So okay. So full disclosure: I love Monster. Right? I'm I'm a serial killer junkie. Uh, I teach a class about it. I'm a big fan. Uh, I think it was a really strong directorial. Like here I am in in my head. Patty Jenkins really did good things with that film. I will say it falls victim to the let's take a really hot girl and make her look ugly. Why not just hire someone who actually looked like Eileen Murnos, right? Because not um, everyone can act like Charlize Theron. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> See, it's so much more fun to say it that way. Um, no, you're right. And it's a great movie. I, I don't have any hate for any of her previous work. But unfortunately, what I have found is the more I research and look into her as a director and as a person, the less I'm willing to defend her, I guess. Yeah, I know nothing about her other than, I mean, she's doing movies like i know nothing <laughs> like her her entire past or whatever she's tweeted nothing blank slate oh it's the way to go stay there <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i'm like blissfully ignorant when it comes to these kind of things like i don't want to i don't i don't want to fun police myself and like dig deep and find out all these things about something that i might like and then have it kind of be ruined for me Okay, so here's, I'd like to ruin it for both of you with one statement she just said. <laughs> she said, and I quote, that she put this movie in 1984 because it was the height of Western civilization. It was one of the best years in America. She must have missed all the stuff that actually happened in 84. I mean, I was only three, but I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was two. But I'm wondering, do you think she got like a really good birthday gift that year? <laughs> She did. You know what? She got a Cabbage Patch Kid, I heard. Oh, (laughs) well, I mean, that kind of was the height of Western civilization was the Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah, maybe a My Little Monster. Maybe both. I mean, maybe she's from a really small world. She's just like, no, that was amazing. That was a great, you know, it was a great year. 1984. So no, whatever. (laughs) Except the people born there. I yeah um, I I don't know why this was set in 1984 I but oh I mean you just said she just you know said why I just thought it was very curious and I assume they did it just to pick a date so they could tell whatever story they wanted uh you know before all the Justice League stuff 
<laughs> okay, real quick. I'm like, let me just kind of be a part of the conversation and Google major events 1984. Oh, Gandhi me. was murdered. Poison gas escape from the Union Carbide factories. 300 people die when the Indian Army attacks uh, a temple um, and AIDS breaks out. Yeah. Oh. Banner, Banner year. Banner, Banner year, year Patty. <laughs> wow. Did anything positive happen? <laughs> Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which outweighs everything, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I mean so it was kids. the transition of when the Famicom. Uh, in Japan was, you know, then we got Nintendo the next year later in America. So that was like the transition year between between that. There's that's pretty good. Um, Karate Kid came out that year. Just saying. Wow. I mean, <laughs> hey, we've made a turn here. Nintendo and Karate Kid. There we go. It's not all bad. Um, no, but I, I, I think your your guys' point is pretty well taken. Like sometimes it really does kind of it like hit like impede on your ability to enjoy something if you get too far down the rabbit holes of it, which is definitely what I did to myself with this, but only it in the name of having more ammunition in my cannon for tonight. So, <laughs> so here's the question though: did did I did you both enjoy the first Wonder Woman movie? Yes. Yeah, I did a lot. Me too. Okay, so is this also not a case of the the sequel failing to live up to the original? Yes, I think number twos are very hard. I think Thor 2, which Patty Jenkins Ugh. was fired from, yeah. proves that Iron Man 2, um, I'm not a big fan of Avengers 2. Uh, you know, there's a, there's so many number twos out there. Yeah, I, I think that that's part of the problem is that we saw, you know, and, and not to... Well, no, I was going to say not to tap into Jersey Ghoul's territory, but that's why we're here. We'll tap into it a little bit. It's, you know, it is always nice to see female representation in these superhero movies because they are so male dominated. And I think that there was so much hope with Wonder Woman 84 and it just it fell to, you know, the it fell to the death that many sequels do. It's just never going to live up to the hype of the original. Yeah, and I think before the show started, we talked about a few of them. You know, like the first one had what we can see as one screenplay writer, and the second one here had three. We don't quite know what that means, but, you know, it it felt committee-written. This one felt like, you know, there was a lot of different ideas being put in, and that's why it kind of feels a little bit like Star Wars... You know, where you're just like, wow, this is a lot of stuff happening. And I felt like the first one was very just, you know, here's a story, a linear story. We start here, we finish here, and it was nice. Uh, everything seemed to be kind of like connected together. Uh, this one I just felt was kind of sporadically going in different directions. And and part of that's probably too because there's, there's now two villains. Yeah, yeah. So uh it gets into this like Batman aspect, you know, where you get Batman Returns and... and and, you know, it's not as, well, quite I as mean, crazy as Batman and Robin, but... Selena <laughs> Kyle was in this movie, so it makes total sense. Oh, I thought that was an extra from Cats that got yeah. lost. You know, here's <laughs> the, just a sidebar this. So when I was watching this movie, I made that joke to myself, and I thought I was the most clever person. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, look, she looks like one of those cats from the yeah. Cats movie. And then I get online... And everyone has made the joke. And for, I was just like crushed. I'm like, oh. <sighs> yeah, I thought I was really clever, too. I haven't seen that. That's this is how much of a bubble I live in. Like, I, I, I there were at least two or three jokes that I'm going to pretend were like OG ones. But this one I really thought was a uh, man, that movie. 
God, it's terrifying. Wanna talk about a horror movie? God. Um Yeah, I still haven't uh, forced myself to watch don't it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, no, I mean it, it you're right. It falls it definitely falls victim to the old sequel thing. I just I can't particularly describe the just what I feel to be the this ridiculous divide between what the first movie was and then what I thought was it was promising us versus what we got. Um and and as a comic book, you know, fan I, I kind of felt like this was a, a big hope for us. I mean, listen, full disclosure, I love The Birds of Prey. I actually um, really think Black Widow is really well done in the Marvel Universe. I'm pumped to see her film. I'm pumped for WandaVision. I'm pumped for a lot of things coming down the pike. But with that being said, I think so many of us were counting on this to be just like 2017, where it's just an undeniably well-made film and it, you can take or leave it but there's not really much room for criticism as far as like the quality of the filmmaking and the quality of the plot line this thing was like i i felt like i was i i wanted to go into the writer's room and be like really like just, just do the snl really like that like who did it like wh- at what point did no one point out the incredible problematic writing and and overall storytelling here uh you know i I don't know who makes these decisions. I don't know if it was like, you know, they screened it, they watched it and they're like, ah, should we, you know, push back on this everyone? And, you know, then someone's just like, yeah, but that costs a lot of money. Like, Like, do they not pay attention to the scripts and the storyboards and everything? Because as soon as I would have seen like the Middle East and any anything you know <laughs> egypt middle east comparisons i'd have been oh, like oh gosh eh, i really don't want to put this in my wonder what i'm gonna marry right oh man well so that's i mean that's definitely something that i think we need to talk about is that one of the things that has been kind of bothering me and i'm hoping Stephen, that you don't mind that i'm airing this on the show is the people who are coming out and being like this film is great like cool you're entitled to your opinion but don't on the flip side, don't demonize me for not liking it because I really think I would, if I had to take this film to court, <laughs> I think I have a really good case for why this film is not only to me an anti-feminist film, which is hard to say given how many females were behind, both behind and in front of the screen, but not only an anti-feminist film, but just a tonally deaf, like post-Trump America fail. Like, uh, another thing Patty Jenkins said was that she didn't want any politics in this movie. I'm sorry, girl, but you don't have that luxury. When you're writing a feminist comic icon in in Trump's America, which is when this film's getting made, and and you're a female director in Hollywood who's actually getting a seat at the table, I I think it is the biggest slap in the face of of women in this industry to be like, uh, I just want to leave politics out of it. Also, if you wanted to leave politics out of it, why didn't you just avoid really problematic tropes of people, of Middle Eastern and North uh, African countries and people? Because really, like, I, I just, I take so much issue with this film because it's so tone deaf and that's why to me i can sleep soundly tonight with all the hate it's getting all over the internet because at the end of the day she failed us all and it is personal like for me and i know you guys could probably think i'm crazy i am so fiercely indebted to the notion of feminism and how important it is in hollywood especially at this moment post me too that i am going to take this personally i am going to be very angry because there's so much more at stake to me than just a crappy plot and just another crappy you know uh superhero movie so i think that's why i think maybe that's why this is getting so tense for so many people mm-hmm. uh i just would love to cut to jackie and i sitting over in the corner and crickets going because we're both white you know <laughs> um 
<laughs> I no, I, I completely or or I just go and Jackie and then crickets crickets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, here's here's my soundbite. Can we please, please, end the oppression of women wearing glasses? Thank because you. quite frankly, quite frankly, I don't think I look that much different when I take my glasses off. Um, so can we please end the trope of your ugly with glasses on and breathtaking when you take them off? Please, please. As a, yeah, as a permanent vault, glasses Steven. wearer, please. You're killing my self-esteem here, Hollywood. Jackie, I, if only you just took off your glasses and brushed your hair out a little bit, you'd be so beautiful. I know. I wear a ponytail <laughs> all the time and I have glasses. Like, good Lord. There's no hope for me. There's zero no. hope for me. Yeah, it's a good, uh, like this trope. I mean, it's been done. So So it feels like, okay, if you're a female and you take off your glasses, you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're now the most popular kid in school. Um, And if you're a guy and you take off your glasses, you're now James Bond or (laughs) Or something like that. And like, if you look at like Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) uh, So maybe he didn't take off his glasses and become, you know, James Bond. It's more like he took off his glasses and look, everyone, he's he's a super villain. I, I don't know. It's definitely more women so many of them batman returns is just like the comic book you know related where selena kyle you know turns into cat when she takes off her glasses and you're like oh my lord oh my lanta well, no, I, I said it before like they, they literally like Kristen wig's character it's it's Selena Kyle. It's Michelle Pfeiffer from Batman Returns. You've got this bumbling, fumbling, glasses wearing, slightly disheveled woman, and then suddenly some some poop goes down, and <laughs> now she ends up going to this big fancy ball, and she's in this gorgeous gown, and now she's all sexy, and you know she's her hair's tousled but together, and she doesn't have her glasses on. I'm like, it's you know she's also and she's empowered by that. It's it's completely it's Selena Kyle again. Yeah, except cats didn't bite her, and I guess she slightly has a better job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. She yeah, went she from a secretary to um, a museum. I don't even know what she was. A gemologist. Right? Oh, that's right. That's right, gemologist. But yeah. what I was saying was because like, she had glasses on. That's why you didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm like, do they make more money than secretary? <laughs> That's what I was sitting there. I'm like, God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, they spent a lot of money on school. That doesn't guarantee Amen. nothing. <laughs> As a teacher, I can vouch for that. Um, <laughs> Amen. No. Um, yeah. I, so to be fair, Barbara and Minerva's character in the comics is so much more badass. She gets her powers from like an Egyptian, like, I don't know if it's like a curse or like some sort of trinket or something. And she is never, here's the thing. Not only is that trope so disgusting to use in 2020, but <laughs> I have to get used to 2021, I guess soon. But um, also, I, I can't believe that they basically make her a foot soldier for a man. Because one of the things that's cool about the comics is that the, the villains are also in their own way pretty pretty badass and feminist. And so to take Barbara and make her just a crony who's like, I'm going to serve this guy that I had a crush on, is just so 
demeaning uh, and so problematic because she really did deserve a much cooler, much better, not only backstory, but also like really, oh, I just wish I could be like the, the popular girls. Like, are we 12? Like you're, you're, you're a famous gemologist who works at like the Smithsonian and you still have such poor self-esteem that all you wish for in life is to be like the popular girl. Stop it. And then to have her only serve as like a minion to a man just feels like such a slap in the face. So I'm going to play devil's advocate on it just for fun. Sure. Uh, cool. Um, so I was thinking, well, she's protecting him, which is kind of, you know, like a new twist in a way, uh. you know, and that's what I was, you know, playing devil's advocate with that. And then I was like, well, if they make the man more powerful, because let's be honest, without his wishes, he's he's just a guy you could, you know, probably kick in the balls and he's done. <laughs> to be fair, that's most guys. But I'm just saying, like. <laughs> So I, I see that and I kind of feel like, what do they do? do? I mean, they can't give both of these characters super deep backstories, in my opinion. Oh, they did spend two and a half hours on the film, but um, <laughs> most of that seemed to be wasted between Steve, you're back. I only slept with one man in 70 years, <laughs> I guess. I, that's the one. But anyway, I want to yeah, stick with this. I, yeah, I, I feel like they were trying to like, look, look, she had a crush on him, but now she has to protect him. She has to be the stereotypical man in the relationship oh, I like in a that. way. Maybe. Hey, I don't know. I don't really know because I haven't heard anything on Patty Jenkins. Uh, but I I can tell you shifting to the Wishmaster man. I know Max Lord. Is it Maxwell Lord? Something like that. Yeah, anyway. yeah Maxwell Lord. Yeah. The businessman, the con man, the TV Trump. personality. Yeah, let's be honest. This is Trump. And when <laughs> you were saying earlier she wants to keep politics out of this, how do you make a movie with a Trumpian bad guy and a divine wall is in the film? Right. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No, I, I agree. Yeah. You can't put those two things in there and say, I want to keep politics out of it. No, I was going to say he makes his way to the White House uh, with unethical practices. Yeah, you can't do all this and then say you want to keep politics out of your film. Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't know if that's just kind of her way of like avoiding any possible backlash. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how hard it is to be that like in the spotlight and try to, you know, not offend, you know, 70% of America. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's fair. Because, yeah, there's so, to me, there's so many messy political undertones that I was shocked that she said it's not a political film. It, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I would argue that all good superhero movies are so politically charged and so thematically relevant. Um, it's one of the things I love the most about the Marvel Universe is that I feel like they tackle pretty deep themes. And, and I kind of feel like this film really... Uh, pooped the bed on that one because I felt like one of the and I'm I'm gonna credit someone else said this but it's so perfect this film is like one of the live laugh love posters on your wall in that it's just an it, it all of the themes are just empty platitudes like the truth shall set you free and be careful what you wish for and like we're really using cheesy hokey crap now as themes like I don't know. I, I it just it made me so mad to to think that thematically the best I could come up with was was something like the truth shall set you free because I don't think this film knew what it wanted to be, which I think is the overlying problem with the whole thing. I think it just is a mess. I mean, they started with this whole ninja warrior beginning to introduce, you know, telling the truth is the good thing, don't take the shortcuts, which, you know, obviously represents Maxwell Lord or Max Lord as I'll call him. <laughs> 
It might be his real name in the comic books. I don't know because I, I was never a Wonder Woman reader because I hate women. And so we'll just uh, no. I didn't really like DC, so I don't know a lot about them. I was more of a Marvel kid when I was yeah, reading I was comic too. books. So you know, I I mean, I knew of Wonder Woman inside the Avengers. You know, and obviously, I I, I mean, read the Justice was, League. You just, you said you said Marvel and and then I said like I'm a fan of Marvel and then it just erased the entire DC universe but Batman. My <laughs> <laughs> brain just goes now. Nah, let's, let's talk about a Marvel movie. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> the whole item in this film where we get a Dreamstone created by you know this god of mischief, which I immediately was like Loki. Yeah, That's what I said. Me too. <laughs> if only, man. I said no crossover. I know. God. Yeah, so you get like this monkey's paw, like what you know, be aware what you wish for type of thing. And they set it up with the ninja warrior beginning of tell the truth, you know, don't take a shortcut, which represents Max Lord. So, you know, it starts off this whole thing, and then he's flirting with Minerva, and then apparently everyone is incredibly mean to the nerdy girl, which I thought was like, wow, I know I'm a white male, so people might treat me differently, but I feel like Everyone is so mean to her. They don't remember her name. They don't help her pick up her papers when she when it yeah. falls. And basically, people just walk right past her like she doesn't exist. Wow. Am I just like not part of this mean, mean real world? I'm not talking about Twitter. I mean, real world. Like, what is the like, what's the dork hierarchy? Y'all work at the Smithsonian. You're all nerds, you know, like wave that flag. You work at the Smithsonian. And I say that as someone who would desperately love to work at the Smithsonian. Any of them. I don't care. I'll be, I'll, I'll hand out flyers. I don't care. It's an awesome job. But like, seriously? No. And I think it goes back to a point that Marissa made where it's like, she was so, her her character was just like, so I want to be with the popular girls. You know, it's like, that's with all of your achievements. That's what you're falling back on. And listen, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that like, I, I, I'm sitting here. This is such a good question you guys pose because you're right. Like I, you're right, Jackie. She's she's in nerd nerd kingdom, right? So she should at least have some sort of semblance of decent people around her. But I I think in 1984, right? Like one of the things I actually liked about this film, and until they ruined it, like everything else, was the setup with the guy in the streets who like basically nearly rapes her in the beginning of the film. And then she gets like because I don't I don't know how much you guys really remember this, but I remember walking the streets as a teenager in the nineties and feeling unsafe and getting catcalled and getting all that kind of stuff. I mean, granted, I wasn't wearing my glasses, so that probably explains it. But I I definitely like yeah. remember those days. I feel like those days are gone, and that's a good thing. Like I feel like men are less likely to just be overtly horrific um, to women on the streets like they were in the eighties. But like. Why are we celebrating that? And why is it that when she finally stands up for herself and kicks the crap out of him, if he dies, like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but if he dies, he dies. Like, sorry, you're a rapist. I'm not feeling bad that she kicked your ass into the street. And like the fact that that made her the villain, I was like, really? Like, this is her turning point that she finally kicked a rapey guy's ass? Like, I don't know. I, I just, you're right. Like, it, it was, it reminded me, this film went out of its way to remind me of a time that sucked. Because I was invisible in the 80s and 90s. Because I was a big dork. And I did have glasses. And I, I did read comic books. And, and was a total nerd in a time when being a Latina female nerd was not widely accepted so i i know this truth and i don't understand why this film felt like it had to like shove it down my nose in a way that like really you're gonna make Kristen wig the unpopular not pretty 
not well liked by her peers girl come on stop it like i don't know it just it was so frustrating so yeah i agree with you i think it was ridiculous to think that a woman who works at the smithsonian would be that abused by her peers but who knows maybe the museum people are really hard we don't know that's true i don't dance in their circles so i can't say i can't say kind of to your point i do have a positive thing about this movie and it's a positive that that then kind well you know what it's a positive that then kind of turns negative but so we are i think i feel like maybe we're at the tail end of the obsession with like retro 80s hey remember it happened in the 80s kind of thing because for a while it was superheroes and it was zombies and i think we're in that renaissance of like you know the 80s were cool and 80s and let's talk about the 80s and let's bring back all the stuff from the 80s so i felt like this movie did a very good job of being like, hey, we're in the 80s. It is called Wonder Woman 84 without like super, super shoving it down your throat. You know, like, yes, there was that um, there was the scene with Steve and his clothes and his fanny pack and his like very 80s, like that little montage. I felt like there was an appropriate amount of, hey, this is taking place in 84. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought the beginning with the mall, I have to say that mall was pretty reminiscent of the mall that I grew up with. So it's like I had those moments of like, oh, nostalgia. Um, But I will say there was a point, you know, somewhere in the middle of the movie where that seemed to go away. And then suddenly Mm -hmm. this movie could have taken place last year. And I don't think I would know too much of the difference. You know, like it, it, like I said, again, it didn't shove it down your throat, but then it didn't shove it down your throat so much that suddenly it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's supposed to be the 80s. That's right. So it worked and then it stopped working completely. Yeah. And I wonder if that has a lot to do with how many different writers were on this, because I feel like the mall scene, the fanny pack scene, and I... For some reason, I feel like there's one more that I'm missing, like it was tiny, where I'm like, that's the same writer. But then you have the beginning where it's very epic. You know, you have the whole race where they're trying to become the ultimate champion. I liked that scene, too. Well, I'm saying like that scene and then there's a few other ones where they felt like those were written by the same writer. And then the rest was written by (laughs) like I feel that's why I said this tonally. And even like how the film is put together feels pieced together by multiple people. And I think that's what everyone's talking about with this feels like a committee movie. I've heard it multiple times. And I mean, I think it's kind of obvious because Jackie brought up a a really good point right there, too, with like, oh, this is definitely 84. The rest of you could be any time past 84. There is no specific date. Um, I mean, they try to do it with the whole Cold War thing, but Honestly, after a while, this movie becomes so much of just like muddled colors that yeah. I was checking the time and just like, oh, my gosh, there, this is really two and a half hours. And for me, it was a movie. I was like, eh, let's go. Let's go. We can cut this. I don't need this. Yeah, I don't know why movies need to be that long in general. You know, like they're really I, I am happy with a like a solid 90 minutes you got to tighten up your story you can wrap it up like really like these like and especially like this isn't this isn't like a like a big giant masterpiece like this isn't that this is this is a dc superhero movie you know it's like and marvel i I could yell at marvel for the same thing like you don't need you don't need a two and a half hour movie i'm gonna need you to strike that from the record how dare you (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and I feel like Marvel, at least when they had, like, I get the end game and everything being really long. I, I don't want to watch a really long movie like that. They've earned it by putting all these episodic movies together in a way, or, you know, this serial movie, you know, just, I don't even know, this universe uh, yeah. together. Fine, you earned it with those. But with this one, I'm with you. If you can't tell it in two hours, you got problems. <laughs> like, it's just. <laughs> make a continuous story and stop trying to do so much. And I mean, I guess I'll spin this to the whole Steve Trevor coming back, which is actually a random dude that she slept with. So uh, I hope he doesn't have an STD. Hope they work (laughs) around him. I don't know. I don't know. Can goddesses or Amazon goddesses get STDs? That's a question. I don't think we'll ever know. Please don't address that in wonder woman (laughs) three. Just let it go. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love for Steve, the engineer, to get his revenge in Wonder Woman three. If I could write that movie, I would. <laughs> Is that what he was? He was an engineer, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, uh, okay. So I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, that. that whole thing is so deeply cringy to me. Um, dare I use the R word here? Almost rapey, because poor Steve, the engineer never has any ability i call him steve the engineer i don't know what the guy's name was in real life but um he never really had the ability to consent to not only the 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 sex but also the uh the putting his life in danger on multiple occasions and uh you know just just using his body as as whatever they needed it to be it was such a to me it was such an uncomfortable thing in in a moment where we're supposed to be so woke like i I don't know was it because it was a dude that nobody takes issue with this i take serious issue with it yeah it's because it's a guy. I mean, I guarantee you the joke goes, oh, well, Dodie's complaining about Gunga Dump being his band. You know, like no one cares. Yeah, that kind of I thing. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I agree. I wouldn't complain if Gal Gadot walked in here and was like, hey, girl, I'd be like, yes. But at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, um, at, or Chris Pine for that matter. But at the end of the day, there's still that, that little issue of con- consent, yeah. you know, like that just was missing for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, but when you make fun of the guy for sleeping with someone really high, you got to do it in a funny voice so you gotta always remember that <laughs> That's oh, good yeah point. i bet you were complaining uh wink <laughs> wink nudge nudge but my whole thing was i mean just a silly you know kind of a silly look at this is did he have a job is he about to get fired does he have a girlfriend i mean was she about was she gonna come over and see this that was my whole thing i'm like man <laughs> this this could get really crazy this this body swapping uh, scenario that right got here. like he basically like ghosted his life for that what was it like four days or whatever it was like i mean they had to have enough time to fly to egypt and back so you figure at least 24 to 48 hours right i did like that they played around because again this was the other scene uh where at the end the post credit no wait was it the mid credit i can't remember which one where it looked like a lifetime movie you know and she's in the snow it looks like christmas and everything and then she (laughs) sees him and i'm like okay so the mall scene the fanny pack scene with steve and this scene all feels written by the same people (laughs) the rest of it someone who's a lot more serious (laughs) (laughs) Who's <laughs> just like, we've got to make this epic worlds colliding in 1984 story that will blow people's minds. And then everyone else is like, oh, man, are we going to do this shit? We just wanted to make a funny little <laughs> movie here that will, uh, you know, women can now show their uh, their daughters. I-, I thought that's what this whole thing was going to be when she said it was going to be a goofy film before I saw this. 
And I was like, oh, sweet. DC's not going to take themselves so serious uh, like Zack Snyder does. (laughs) (laughs) Zack Snyder takes himself very seriously. (laughs) But when I started watching this, I was like, this seems very serious. Oh, oh. When it got to the whole Egypt scene, I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) See, and I had gotten excited about that because I had seen people say, like something about it being a goofy movie and they were like, oh, well, you know, it's it's set in 84. So maybe it's supposed to be like, you know, like kind of like an 80s kind of film or whatever. And I'm like, I so I kind of was truly like looking for that, like looking forward to that. And Chad and I were watching it. And one thing he pointed out was kind of, you know, what genre does this movie want to be? Like, is it a is it a disaster movie? You know, is oh, it it's that a Hallmark love movie? <laughs> you know, like, it, it, could we put it on par with, like, Dante's Peak with all, you know, the... the oh, dare you. The poop that's going down? It's it's a John Hughes film. It has everything John Hughes films do. Girls who transform when you just brush their hair and take off and put on some makeup. It's got and, rapey, cringy rape. consent <laughs> issues. Yeah. All it's missing to be a John Hughes film is Wally Ringwald. And and you know what? I'm just saying it, it could have been there. It's like they it's like they, they used nineteen eighty four as their excuse to be completely tone deaf. And like they were like, It's cool because it's nineteen eighty four, but it's not. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I, you're right. It, this film didn't know what it wanted to be, Jackie. You're absolutely right. You know, you can't just put it in super. I mean, you can just put it in superhero, but I feel like, you know, we're looking for something a little bit more. And this film's like, ah, forget it. We don't care. We're everything. <laughs> it just doesn't work, uh, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, shifting to something, <laughs> another thing that I just thought was so odd is, we see Wonder Woman in this movie in her costume twice in the first 100 minutes. I couldn't believe it. And one of those times, you have no idea how she went from fully dressed in a car to in her Wonder Woman yeah. suit. And Jesus, at least the TV show, she had to spin around in a circle for for crying out loud. <laughs> like, know, you're right. Like, you get the mall scene. Yeah. And then we got to wait like another hour 60 minutes an hour (laughs) to get to the egyptian scene or 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 should i just say made up country because yes they say egypt but the whole time i was like wait is this iraq is this egypt is this iran like they didn't even try like the 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 garb on that guy the egyptian oil mogul is is incorrect for egypt in the 80s it's also like he they literally it's like they didn't even bother to distinguish between the middle east and north africa and then they literally were like calling him like an emir which is a saudi term so it's like they had no like they, but that's just sloppy writing like it's like film school level crap like where you're like well you know when you're writing you really want to try to be correct with your terminology and your wardrobe and your you know like it's like it's almost like i the the film teacher in me wanted to be like um okay we need to take this back to the drawing board everybody this is this has gone wrong like it's like a student (laughs) film level garbage bad writing and directing and wardrobe and everything that like that's why i get so riled up you're right because it's it is like a made-up country and then to have that character be so just stereotypical and and cringe like oh sorry i'll be i'm done (laughs) you know what let's i'm gonna do i'm gonna throw out another positive i thought that pedro pascal was fantastic i thought he did great as this character i thought he was over the top appropriately over the top and i thought he was great everybody else i think is pretty much interchangeable with pretty faces 
Like if if it's not Gal Gadot, wow. there's another really pretty face that could have done it just as well. Same thing with Chris Pine. Like he's he's nice to look at. I'm not gonna lie. He's he's very nice to look at. But pick any other pretty face. Like as far as the acting chops go, like really, I thought they were all pretty interchangeable, with the exception of of Pedro Pascal. How do you drop like the biggest hot take of the hour? Like we. <laughs> Also, I love the, the like, I'm going to put something uh, positive out and then immediately trash the other three people in a way. <laughs> it's awesome. It, what is it? It's the compliment sandwich. You yeah. know, it's like, I'm going to say something nice. I'm going to say something poopy. And then I'm going to say something nice again. Listen, I respect your opinion. But. Right. But. Nothing counts. Nothing counts except the but. But. Uh, no, I agree with you. To make Pe- Pedro Pascal not hot to me is just a testament to his acting because I like it was it was still such a cool it was a good role. He was over the top. He was Nick Cagey, dare I say, yeah, at, yeah. at moments. Um, again, the plot holes with his character were so abundant. Like, I'm sorry, did he care about that kid that much? That's that's exciting. And I'm glad that, you know, we would want Wonder Woman to actually be the one to stop the villain. So I'm glad that he just did it for himself. That really warmed my 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 feminist heart. My cockles. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that like his, you know, his whole motivation was very personal. I want to it's not like I want to take over the world. I just want to be really rich. And I thought that was interesting. And then same thing with Minerva. She doesn't like want to do anything really villainous. She's just like, no, I want to be really popular and right, which- <laughs> athletic. I was looking at both of these and I was like, huh. <sighs> Oh, Yet man. the world almost gets destroyed. And I, I guess there's something there where there's, you know, like if you're only looking out for yourself, something you destroy the rest. I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do with it because it was too, you know, confusing for me anyway, because I was just looking at it. And I go, really? She just wants to be popular. OK, <laughs> I mean, right. Okay. It was like a babysitter's club novel from like the seventh grade where you're like, no, you don't need to be popular. You just be yourself, girl. Like that's that's really what it like. It's just so just absurd to me and, and so superficial. If you would have talked to her right before she made that wish, this whole movie could have been. Well, no, no. We still had the wish master in there. That's, that's what I'm going to continue to call him. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, if you think about it, everything, everybody was just really selfish. You know, nobody made a wish for for anybody else but themselves. You know, the Minerva wanted to be popular. And, you know, I Pedro Pascal, uh, who, uh, Max Lord, who I keep I, I just keep seeing big boy from from uh, Dick Tracy. Because, like, he just, he wants more, he wants more, he wants stuff, he wants money, he wants power. And for some reason, I just kept thinking of of, of Big Boy from Dick Tracy. But even Wonder Woman, her, her wish was selfish. She wanted, you know, her dead boyfriend to come back to life. And one thing that Chad said at the end of the movie is, you know, he's like, I, I have a hard time suspending the disbelief. Because he's like, you know that all those people all over the whole entire world that made wishes... You know that not every single one of them renounced their wish and had things go back to normal. Like there are some super selfish people that were like, yeah, no, no, that's fine. That's The world can crumble because I got the thing that I wanted. And he's like, not everybody is going to renounce the wish. So it's kind of silly to think that everybody in the world heard Wonder Woman's speech and it was amazing and it touched their hearts that the truth will set them free and they are the ones that can save the day and... And everyone renounces their wish. And that's bull poop. Yeah, there's there's a lot of really cheesy 
writing techniques, I guess you could say in here. Uh, with that, yeah, like it's a bit of a stretch to get everyone actually to be watching TV at the same time. Because I definitely would be the person to be like, what? There's wishes? What? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> I was I was editing a podcast the whole time. What happened? So, you know, and then there's the whole magical person. Let's just say it. Magical brown person who shows up with a book who just like drops the entire story of what they need to do. Thank you for pointing straight that out. Straight out of a horror film. Yep. I was like, what is this? Jeepers Creepers? Like, come on. We're still doing this? Oh, a sagely... A sagely person of color. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then they're gone. Yep. They're just poof. Because we're not really important. We just bring important knowledge. <laughs> well, and then later on, like when he's just like, I need to touch everyone, which I was giggling. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, eh, I bet you do. He can touch me. I mean. <laughs> and then the president's like, oh, yeah. So we got this thing that like uh, some of the particles that touches everyone all at once. And I'm like. You just did a Star Trek like script thing. Oh man! <laughs> uh, just add a machine in the corner, and now everyone can breathe air. That kind the of shit. I was yep. like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> the logic of the film is amazing to try to follow. Like, do, like, does he have to touch you? Why are people able to make more than one wish? What the? Like, I just there's so much that like it's just absurd. And please, I don't even want to get into the absurdity of the Space Force Reagan scene because there's not enough yeah. time in a day for it. Well, but, and then like, we haven't even gotten to the flying yet. <laughs> Which oh, I I oh get it. <laughs> I get that Wonder Woman could fly in the comics, people. I understand. Well, she physically could fly her plane. In this one, she just needs a guy to do it for her. At least they did something with the script where he's a pilot and it made sense. I mean, after the other stuff, I was like, okay, he's a pilot. I get it. Okay, but it, I'm no aviation expert, but I feel like planes would change a lot between 1918 and oh, yeah. 1984. I mean, I'm again, I'm no, I'm no expert. <laughs> well, both of them figure out something incredibly difficult in a few minutes. One, he figures out how to fly this, you know, plane that has 70 years advancement since his last flight. <laughs> And she just goes, well, I could make something small like a coffee cup disappear. I guess I'll try a plane. Oh, it worked. You know what I was going to say? That made me so annoyed. Now, keep in mind, I don't, I've never really read much like Wonder Woman. Like I've, I've in like recent years read a lot of Justice League, but like, I don't know the Wonder Woman backstory. So I don't know how the invisible jet came to be. But it really, really, really bothered me that she was like, well, you know, my dad made the whole island disappear. Um, and one time I tried it and I made a coffee cup disappear. So hang on. Ugh. All right. I made the plane disappear. Like that one really, really bothered me. Jackie, I love your Wonder Woman impersonation, first of <laughs> Thank all. You. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. I you... have a pretty good. Yeah. I mean, did you think you were talking to Gail Godot? Cause... I did. And, and yeah. <laughs> Not only did I think I was talking to her, but I loved how you valley girled her up, which was so <laughs> apropos. And um, I believe it's called Gadot. Oh, that's oh, sorry. Gadot. You know what? You're right. It is. God. You're really smart. I'm, I'm a woman. I know. So. Good thing you're here to show us. Thank you, Steve. Thanks. <laughs> you're welcome for that mansplaining. Uh, <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, no, uh, first of all, I don't think it's safe to fly right through fireworks either, you guys. I'm just gonna, and, and I did, I, I checked on this because I was so annoyed with it. We started letting off fireworks to celebrate our independence in the 1800s, so he would have well known what fireworks were. <laughs> just saying. I didn't even think about that. All my brain went to, 
immediately was like, man, what, what if one of them hits you? <laughs> like, right, can they see me too. You? <laughs> I know, it's not safe. This is right. not safe. And then, like, you know how in the in the show and in the comic, you would see her sitting in the plane? Was that, like, if I looked, would I see Chris Pine and, and her just sitting, in, like, chilling in the middle of the air? Because that's awesome. <laughs> oh, you have a good point. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Like, it, she was always visible. So, like, even though the plane was invisible. And then, like, even with the comic, I always wondered, does everybody see her? Or so many questions. <laughs> so many yeah, questions. did the comic and the cartoon have, like, the dotted line around the plane to let you know where it is? Like It uh... was always, you could always tell. Like, it was always, like, like at least in the comics, I remember being able to, yeah. like, yeah. Like, it was always, like, kind of just blurry in the section that was supposed to be the plane. <laughs> Oh man, that'd be amazing if they had to put a blooper out or something where it just shows that and they, they would have tricked people. They, they would have had the entire time, this is what the plane's going to look like. Just have the internet explode. <laughs> You're so not good. really going to do that, are you? <laughs> you know, it's funny because it's like, I can't remember a time before the internet gave all of us nerdy people such a huge platform to just bitch and moan about everything but like it's it does make me sad just how divisive and how heated people are willing to get over a film i don't know man it blo- it blo- and, and listen i'm sitting here pooping on this film so i get that people are, are going to disagree with my opinions but I, I i'm just mind blown by by how much emotional attachment there seems to be to this and and to me it's even worse than i've seen for star like yeah I get it. People hated the star, the new Star Wars films. I love them. I don't care. But like, I felt like nobody. I don't know why is this so worse. That's the million dollar question. Why does this one feel so bad? Is it because of the feminism of it, or I'm I'm just grasping at straws here. But I'm wondering if it's because this fictional character is such an icon for some women, or they're desperate. Someone's desperate to have little girls. You know, something for them to look up to in a fictional character i'm stretching here because i don't yeah. know well because i i just feel like girls today have more than ever like my girls are growing up i have two daughters and they're growing up in a moment of what i consider to be privileged because they have girl ghostbusters they have harley quinn they have so many you know they have ray they have uh you know hermione they have so many females in geekdom that were not accessible to kids who grew up in our in our generation. Girls like me, we clung on to things like Wonder Woman, and I get that. And listen, like as as a, a post you know modern feminist, uh, Wonder Woman is reductive at best and deeply problematic at worst as a comic. Um, I mean, he definitely, in my opinion, moved you know Marston moved the conversation forward about women as superheroes, and I will eternally be thankful for that important moment in comic book history. But at the end of the day. I never looked to Wonder Woman as a kid, and so I kind of can't help but giggle when everybody keeps telling me how important she should be, because as a girl who read comics and read Justice League, and read, I didn't ever go out of my way to read Wonder Woman. Um, I was more of like a Jubilee gal myself, um, but at a Harley Quinn gal, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like everybody needs to sit down because we're in a good space. Like, we're, we got we got this. Like, we, women today in, in nerddom, we're, we're fighting. We're getting there. Does this film set us back? I don't think so. I think it was just a swing and a miss. Do I expect better from a female director with a female... Uh, with a with a woman superhero sure i do but like i'm tired of being told that i like i'm i'm being a bad person or i'm being a bad feminist which i've had happen to me on more than one occasion over the past three days because i i'm willing to say this this film is bad 
and 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 it's to me it's just I don't get it. I don't get what the stake is that people feel they have in defending this movie that I'm not seeing. Well, after your touching moment there, I'm just going to say, why do you hate women? <laughs> I do. It's about time I came out. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know what Jackie's opinion is uh with, you know, what she's been seeing on it cuz I, I feel like she's being very smart. Um, and like, yeah, eh, as per usual, I want to be part mm-hmm. of you know all this yeah. fighting. <laughs> Whenever I get into fights, she just kind of does the Homer in the bush thing. You know, I get it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the no. Best place I mean to my be. my stance on it is you know what if you like the movie, cool. If you don't like the movie, that's cool too. How about you know just in general, both of the parties can just fuck off, and I'm going to go watch yes. Con Air again. So God, I love you. <laughs> Why Which, you, so you know, cool? has a character in it who has, like, tattoos about all of his rape victims. And, like, <laughs> that's, like, ooh. <laughs> eee. Why, why uh. you gotta bring that up? Because <laughs> I watched it, I watched it, like, two weeks ago. and I it's a And I was, movie. like, oh, I, know, I, so. <laughs> I forgot that character did that. And I will still double down and say Con Air is, is a damn near perfect film. I love that movie. I mean... Accurate. Yeah, I just can't argue. (laughs) (laughs) Who the hell would step up to the plate to argue that? I mean, it's just not going to happen because Chad tries. Chad will sit here. He doesn't like like Con Air. It's not a no. (gasps) He says it's not a good movie. He also, and I can't believe we've remained together for it'll be six years uh, tomorrow. Um, He doesn't think Nick Cage is a good actor. (gasps) Wow, that's blasphemy. Who's who's uh, drafting up your divorce papers? <laughs> no, we got to start this now. Yeah. We can't we can't we can't make it to six years. We have to start this now. Yeah, no, he'll he'll constantly just make fun of me because he's like, it's not a good movie. I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, how? Why? I'm like, it has a little of everything. You know, like it's got drama, it's got romance, it's got action, it's it's got it all. I mean, he's talking <laughs> with an Alabama accent. Put the bunna <laughs> down. I, like, I, I love that. Perfect. And when his yeah, hair's that. flowing from the fan. Oh, God. Oh, Floods my no, basement every time. Is like, he's the pinnacle. That character <laughs> is, is the pinnacle. I, I got to tell you, if Con Air's on, I'm clearing my schedule for the day. That is the bottom line. Only when you have the Jersey Ghouls on does it go from Wonder Woman to Con Air. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my fault. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just going to point out. One more script thing, and then my one complaint about what I keep getting told when I criticize Wonder Woman 84. Yay. Uh, the script thing is the golden eagle armor that's just in the <laughs> corner <laughs> that was like established in the beginning, but the beginning was, you know, 300 minutes earlier, so I can't remember. <laughs> And at least it felt like that. And then she's like, oh, yeah, that's like a really powerful golden armor. It stopped all the men from hurting the Amazon women way back in the day and yada, yada. And anyway, so let's get, you know, and then they go about their business. And (laughs) one, I was like, wait, what? You just have armor? Why? And then she flies and then she gets to the satellite thing and she has the armor on. And I'm like, did I miss a scene? (laughs) when did she get the armor like i mean i know where the armor is it's in her apartment but when did she grab the armor and put all that tin on did did i miss it you did miss it no because there was legit a point where she was like she was traveling somewhere and even chad was like where is she going and the moment he said that you saw like the little TVs in her office and we were like, oh, she went back to change. Oh, yeah. Also, okay. she said she doesn't have a TV. I call liar. She had like 30 TVs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah CCTVs yeah. count. That counts. 
Also creeper. Yeah, I was going to say, you're also creeping and peeping, so why don't you tone it down a little bit, Wonder Woman? All right. I, I didn't, yeah, I did not pick up. I mean, there, this movie's so long that it's, I'm it's definitely going. It's hard to keep going, track. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to miss things, so I'm glad. Okay, so they did that. I didn't, I just thought she just traveled somewhere and then the army was, armor was on, and I'm like, oh, now she's fighting Cheetah, which turned into a half woman half cheetah i guess because she's like i want to be the apex predator i don't know i that one to me i was like okay but it reminded me of the black uh, panther fight black panther and killmonger were fighting each other and it looked really bad yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still yeah. love that movie though <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing too i, I criticized the cg in that movie and i remember people they're like you hate everything like, <laughs> no i just like that the fight doesn't look good it looks rushed and then later on, they're like, yeah, that that fight was rushed. I think the same thing happened here. That's why they made it so dark and muddy. So they could just, you know, have this fight. And they're like, eh, can't really tell the CG's not as good as it should be. Listen, there's a, a lot of movies are plagued by problematic CGI, right? Like, I would agree yeah. with you. That scene is is rough. I, I remember thinking that when I saw the, the Black Panther film, too. But... At the end of the day, like, I can overlook bad CG, like, CGI. Even, like, with this, I was, like, I, I for a while, was, like, maybe it's a choice. Like, maybe they're they're really, like, giving a wink and a nod to the 80s by making it look so bad. But I don't I don't think that's what it was. Um, <laughs> like, I just, it was, it, it was just another thing on the pile of reasons why I had a hard time really getting into this film. Oh, no, you said you had one, one criticism that people keep. Yeah, so every time I say, like, yeah, I'm disappointed with the film. I didn't like the film, whatever we do. And this also goes all the way back to Captain Marvel. Anytime I criticize, constructively criticize a movie that is led by a a woman superhero, whatever we have, guys, stop telling me that I'm too hard on these movies. Yeah, that's not what this is, right? And I and I try to break down these movies to be, you know, not so much of the hoity-toity critic, but more of the like the fan critic, where I point these things out and like stop telling me that I'm being too. Where were you with Catwoman? First of all, <laughs> Holly Berry's just sitting out there, just drowning, and no one gave yep. a shit. Oh, I did. I was worked up. <laughs> okay. Well, of course you were. You don't even <laughs> like women. So. I know. I, I just I live to hate on all things uh, feminist. But is it is it the post Me Too? Like we've got to defend women, especially guys. They've got to get ahead of it and defend them. I I, I don't know what it is. Like I just I think that people are well intentioned. But they need to stop doing this. You have every right to your opinions. I know you as a human being. I know you're you're the furthest. You are a, not only a feminist yourself, but I think someone who would always advocate for equality and a, a place in film for everyone. But at the end of the day, the the fact that people are like, you don't get to, to criticize this. No, I do. I can and I will. And 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 to me, that's progress, right? Like, I mean, listen, I. I'm a huge fan of Captain Marvel in in the the greater Marvel comics and all that. But at the end of the day, like you're right, there were problems with the film, and and I wanted more from it. And I also kind of hated the way she was just wedged into the the Avengers movies too. I thought that they could have done better by just how cool she is. And you're right, she's a dangerous character in that she has this this crazy Superman level power. But at the end of the day, like you have every right to all of your critiques. Like you are not a, like this is the biggest problem I have right now with, with, with our 
nerdy dialogue on this film. People have every right to their opinions. Please stop making it personal. Please stop attacking me as a person or, or trying to say that I'm less of a feminist or I'm less of a, you know, of an advocate for women's rights because I don't like a movie like that. To me, that's bonkers. And to say to you, oh, well, you're holding this to a higher standard is absurd because I we know each other. We know that we're just giant nerds and we love ourselves some good movies and we want all these superheroes to come to life in good ways. And to me, there's nothing worse than trying to politicize and genderize our beloved universe of geekdom. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's the reason why I want to shove J.K. Rowling through a, through a door is because I, I, and I'm sorry, I know we've said we weren't going to threaten people, but stop making this a thing when it shouldn't be a thing. Like, it just, ugh. I don't know. But anyway. Did you say you were going to shove him through a door? Yeah, J.K. Rowling. If I ever met her, I'm going to just give her, I'm going to boop her nose. I'm going to go boop. And then I'm going to shove her head through through a wall. And oh, then... <laughs> you're going to do that. I thought yeah. you meant just like, you're going to push her outside your door. And I was like. No. Oh, well, I would do that I too. I'm, after I shove her through the wall, I'm going to kick her right out the front door. You're right. Like, I'm going to say. Through the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's, a little, Imagine yeah. that's my big threat. Like, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to make you leave my house, J.K. Rowling. How about them apples? <laughs> yeah. I need to borrow a concept. Uh, our friend Ooh. Joshua from Fright School made this comment. Now, he was talking about it in the context of LGBTQ movies. And I think it really could be applied to any movie that is not led, created, you know, conceptualized by the, you know, white men kind of thing. Um, but I think he was talking about that movie Happiest Season, I think it's called, on Hulu, yep. mm-hmm. where he said that, like, you know, we're kind of in this weird area of our life right now where, you know, if you are and if this is an LGBTQ film, if this is a woman led film, directed film, it's like you're not allowed to fail. Like you're not allowed to do it poorly because you are representing this marginalized group you know what i mean like there's they aren't given the leniency that a male director would be given like like can we all just agree that thor 2 like sucks like it really does thor 2 is not a good movie it's a pretty bad movie yeah yeah it is but it's like you know i feel like when you are a woman or a minority or you know whatever you know what i mean like i think that you there's no how am I trying to say it? Like, there's no wiggle room. It's like, it's either going to be a success or you have failed. You know, Patty Jenkins mm-hmm. has failed for every woman. And I think it's really, I think it's in a tough place to be. And I don't think that's very fair to do because women, women fail at things all the time. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, that, that expectation I think is just set, you know, and, and maybe that's just because we need to have more. We need to have more female directors. We need to have more stories. You know what I mean? It's like it's a byproduct of of the of the patriarchy, Jackie. Like that's the problem is that we're yeah. held to higher standards. But when when we're like I think that's the catch twenty two we're in, right? Like Yeah, I think once there is enough out there, it's going to turn into the like yeah, whatever. It's just a movie. I hope yeah. so, man. That's what it is. Like when a male directs a film, it's just a film. When a female directs a film, it's a female film. I mean, this kind of also goes to, you know, with uh, when it's a uh, comedian and it's a dude, it's a comedian. But when it's a female comedian, there's like there's some type of target that puts on, you know, is put on your back in a way. 
But um, getting away from the comedian look at it. That's just crazy. Women aren't funny. Women aren't funny. How dare you? (laughs) Well, (laughs) you would know. (laughs) Hater. (laughs) This is just my uh, little bitty uh, hole in the wall look at it um, because I'm a creeper. (laughs) You know, I just think when there's more, hopefully it'll just be a movie. Yeah. And I think that's like the ultimate fight for equality is when it can finally just be like humdrum. Like, yeah, whatever. It's a movie. Just didn't work. But now it's just like Patty Jenkins movie didn't work. She was supposed to be the leader. You especially DC too. DC's probably like, damn it. Damn it. (laughs) Finally had one. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, they got a good docket coming up. I'm optimistic for them. I will say though that like the reverse also like the problem here is is that the people who are trying to help the cause are hurting it because like I think about like Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey movie and I think it was an awesome movie but it was so hyper feminist and I don't get me wrong I'm obviously here for it but like I know I saw very typical patriarchal misogynistic reactions to the film that were embedded in this idea of oh don't shove your woman agenda down my throat and so I was like huh guess we're not as far along as I always hoped and thought we were right then flash forward a couple years later and here we are with this film And you have these, like, white knight people who are like, no, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong not to like this film. And I'm like, huh. Again, this is all, to me, just a byproduct of patriarchy and privilege. And I know Mm. that that's going to be a hot take, and I I might even get some slack for this. But at the end of the day, I don't need anybody to tell – like – and, and again, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and snuggle up to my my wise sages over at Fright School here. If someone is – like, if someone who is in that position – is telling you it's okay or someone is is in that position and saying it's problematic fucking shut up and listen like sorry that's my the, the end of all this for me like if i'm as a woman who prides myself on being very woke uh, says this movie's not good there's nothing loaded there i'm not trashing my people back to the stone age i'm just saying a movie is not good sit down and listen like open your ears and don't tell me why i'm wrong no yeah absolutely you know, uh, and I don't know. It's like none of us, none of us are going to get this worked up over Thor being crappy. Like no one, no one denied the crappiness of Thor that I knew, you know, like Suicide Squad, same thing. Nobody, nobody was like, oh no, that's a good movie. And here's why, you know, we finally get the representation we deserve for crocodiles. Like, it's just absurd. Like, it, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, like, I, I just feel like people who are out there aggressively defending it or aggressively trashing it in a violent way are all guilty of the same crime. And they all need to, like we said, just simmer down a bit and just remember this is just movies and opinions on movies. Um, but that, with that being said, I'm going to be a total hypocrite here and say, I will take the Pepsi challenge against anybody in how I can say that this film is problematic and anti-feminist. So come at me, bro. (laughs) I don't want to. I could get COVID. (laughs) Come at me six feet away, please. (laughs) With your mask on. Can I wear a mask? No, don't. (laughs) Jackie, Marissa and I have been talking almost the whole time, so I'm going to let you get in the last word. I don't I don't have a I don't have a hot take on this movie. Like I said, I I I love how I started out this show being like there's no gray area. You either don't like it or you do like it. Uh, maybe I am the gray area. To me, you know, it's it was free to me because I have HBO Max, so I didn't have to pay for anything. It wasn't it wasn't the worst thing I've seen. It, I'll never watch it again. Like I said, it's one of those things where, you know, to be fair, I haven't seen a lot of the DC movies. 
I've seen Shazam, and now I've seen both Wonder Womans. And that's about it as far as DC movie goes. And it's not necessarily to say that I, you know, am more of a, a Marvel person over DC. You know, it's just superheroes have never done have never really done it for me. Um, I've I've been an avid comic book fan for a while. And if you look at my collection, hardly any of it is superhero related. Um, I'm more of just kind of like a good old fashioned story as opposed to superheroes. I thought the movie was I thought it was OK. You know, like it could have been shorter. And there was a lot of just kind of nonsensical things that were happening in it. I'll never watch it again. So I guess maybe there's your answer. It, it, I didn't think it was terrible, but I will n probably never watch this movie again. Yeah, the rewatch value is low for you. Yeah. Did anyone else enjoy the Linda Carter post credit scene as much as I did? Oh, man, I didn't make it. Oh, seriously. It was just a little thing. She just Yeah, did it was. Thing. You know what? To me, that was, you know what? Let's. Let's give the respectful nod. Let's give credit where credit was due. I appreciated that. If it didn't happen, I probably wouldn't think anything of it. But because it did happen, I'm like, you know what? I will I will tip my hat to that. I thought it was a cute moment. Yeah, I do like how these comic book movies are doing this, uh, unlike a lot of other franchises. Like we talked about Teen Wolf one time and how the father in it was never put into the MTV series. I feel that's kind of a mistake. I feel like the comic book movies, you know, with the Hulk, with, you know, Linda Carter here and Wonder Woman, they do a little wink, do a little nod and thank you to the older actors who had to put up with these probably just really hard to deal with TV shows. I mean, during a time period where people just mostly laughed at superheroes and kind of thought it was a joke. I mean, until Superman. But even after Superman, most people are like superhero movies aren't really good. I heard that all the time. Yeah. It was like pretty much like video game movies now. It's like, they're never going to be good. They're always dumb. And then we had no one come around and everyone just like, wow, these things can be good. And then you had fans like me. They're like, no, no, no. There was art before this. You yeah. guys didn't yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody cared. Nobody cared nearly as much. Yeah, I agree. Well, I was um, wearing glasses, so they didn't really. That's why nobody took you seriously. That makes sense. I took them off, though, and I could walk in heels. I looked that <laughs> I had balance. Yep. Jump yeah. on chairs and heels. Yeah, I had hair in weird places, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's separate from you taking the glasses off. Steve. Yes, yeah. That had nothing to do that's, with the glasses. That's different. That's different. <laughs> I, I'm with you, though. Like, I, I, I will admit I'm guilty of taking my comic books a little too seriously. I grew up definitely finding my moral compass and, you know, really falling in love with storytelling through the art of all these comics I grew up reading. So I, I feel like there's always a lot at stake, but I have since the 80s when the first Batman movies came out. So my other big thing is I'm a sucker for a good a good a good comic movie. I love them and I'm blind to how bad they are at times. But with this one, I just couldn't get there. Yep, I'm looking at you, Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone, anytime I criticize a film, you know, critique a film, whatever you want to call it, just remember, I love Howard the Duck. Okay, like whatever you want. And I'm happy that you like it. But at the same time, calm down. Right, yeah. right. Like, yeah. right. no one's taking me. I am not the Roger Ebert of anything. Like, nobody takes me. I also love Howard the Duck, though. Although when I was little, he scared me. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to scare you. How dare you? You're trying to ruin my <laughs> horror cred? No. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I'm very scared of a lot of things, Jackie. It's true. I was going to say, you're a brave girl for putting up with it, though. 
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, what were you gonna say, Steve? Yeah, every time I listen, some occasionally you're like, ah, you, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I'm like, <laughs> I love it because you're like watching all these horrific movies sometimes, <laughs> and you're like, and you use a word like heebie-jeebies. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I will not stand for these shenanigans. <laughs> She's introducing me to French extreme horror. And I'm like, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of gross and this and that. And, you know, I was kind of not mentally prepared for it. But she, you know, held my hand and she got me through martyrs and and high tension. And then I want to show her a movie like Garbage Pail Kids. And I get so much flack because she's afraid of them. Nightmare fuel. (laughs) Nightmare fuel, I tell you. (laughs) Yeah, they are gross. Thank you. Thank you. Howard the Duck scared me too, I'm telling you. All right, thanks for listening to our Wonder Woman 1984 breakdown where we had someone who really didn't like it, someone who didn't like it, and someone's like, meh, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And thank you, Jersey Ghouls, for coming on in such a short notice. Oh, you're so welcome. I even took my glasses off for this. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Anytime, anytime you guys ask, we are happy to come and sit and talk because the conversation is always awesome and it always goes on way too long and we feel bad because you have to edit out so much of it but but it's 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 good because conversation is always is always a plus plug where can they find you you can find us anywhere on social media or your favorite podcasting app just by searching jersey ghouls we release episodes every other sunday all right and listen they're a lot of fun i'm telling you you're you're going to like it I mean, occasionally you hear about boobs from Jackie, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And then Marissa tells you, you know, like how spiders and bugs might scare her. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the other end, she's like, well, when she's ripping off her head and dismembering the body, remember that symbolism of gingerbread cookies. And you're like, what? (laughs) Thank you for coming on. And remember to be kind. Matt, where you at? Nope. Okay. Who's going to do it for me? (laughs) Rewind. Got it. I knew you was a punk. And I was right. You were playing us all along. You a free man. I said, put the bunny back in the box.